Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action Forward News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and when I asked Mr. Combo what he did to find the players for the November Drinkathon, he said, I round up the usual suspects. Squeamy Geen getting caught up on better traffic with Weatherlight Report. Has been taking his flash vitamins. Oh, there you are. Very fast. Well, we're going to start off the top of the cast and latest in a new segment Woo! called Tube Top. You order your, your movies, guess what? You can order 10 of them and, and, and to deliver to you, and this delivery charge is free, right? And what happens to your, your own personal internet? It's, it's a series of tubes. All right, so uh, we actually didn't have any games to talk about this week. So me and Tuck were sitting here, and I am very much a 999 on, uh, I like structure. I don't like to yes. go like loosey-goosey. And so I don't like to just rip stuff out because I know you guys like hearing us talk uh, or you wouldn't listen. So uh, Redacted Reviews was a big hit. We didn't have time to do its own Redacted Review this week, but we thought it could be kind of fun to do Tube Talk. So this could yep. be the place of 40 Life at a Dash when we don't have games, but maybe there's exciting trailers out there that have come out that me and Tuck want to give our thoughts on. Totally. Of course, Tuck gives the sweaty takes and I give <laughs> the greasy takes. Uh, Tuck, what trailers are we talking about today? So uh, if you guys aren't in the know, but uh, if you're unlike me and don't check seven different movie blogs a week or a day, uh, there was the DC fandom. Ooh, big event this weekend. So we got four uh, trailers that we wanted to talk about and think of, and kind of discuss what we think about them and what the movie's going to look like and that sort of thing. So we have uh, The Batman, uh, directed by Matt Reeves. Black Adam, directed by someone who I have no idea. The Flash, also directed by someone who I don't know. And then finally, uh, the Peacemaker HBO Max series uh, also will be directed by multiple people. So three movies and a new series coming to HBO Max. Yeah. And, There's a lot. Um, <laughs> It's a lot, and I actually, you know, so the DC fandom thing is basically what DC's answer to no Comic-Con has been, mm -hmm. and I actually kind of like it, because one of the things I always hated about Comic-Con is literally, if you don't go, you don't get any of the experience. You right. just see random things online, and I get it, that's the point of Comic-Con, go to Comic-Con. But for us in Kansas City or people that have jobs and we can't take the time off, it is kind of nice to kind of get that right. Comic-Con experience virtual. Granted, that being said, I've literally never watched the DC fandom. <laughs> uh, yeah, never. I w never would I. But now I think the, th the other thing with Comic-Con is there's so much that comes out. Like, Wizards comes out with new things there, right? There's new movies. There's Marvel. There's new comic books. There's new TV series. It's, like, all-encompassing. So I think mm -hmm. now that DC is doing a much better job of what their kind of plan and where they fit into the market... I like how it's a little bit more linear. Um, it's a little bit more narrow in scope and you'll have a better idea of like what you're going to see there. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so let, what, which one do you want to start off first? Uh, let's start off with Black Adam because I think this is one that you have a lot to say about. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, the Black Adam just and I think we should do this for each of them because not everyone's a comic book fan. Mm -hmm. let's, let's give a 15 seconds of who the character even sure. is. So Black Adam is basically the anti-hero to Shazam, uh, the Zachary Levi movie and comic book character. He is actually there have been, I think, a few iterations. The most popular one is he was an old ancient Egyptian, I think, pharaoh and uh, ended up uh, obviously coming across the the wizard um, said Shazam got the powers. I think he got locked away 
for thousands and thousands of years and eventually kind of came back into the comic universe. This, we have no idea how it's yeah, actually going say, to start. Yeah. Uh, it is The Rock. Interesting thing, uh, Tuck, and I don't know if you knew this, Black Adam and The Rock movie was announced before the MCU existed. That's really? how long this has been in production. I know, I know mm -hmm. it's been a big passion project for him. Um, this has been something that yep. he's really wanted to get off. Do you think that it's been, do you think that it's been delayed for so long because they didn't quite know what the DCU was going to look like until they started spinning up these kind of individualist movies like the Suicide Squad, like Shazam, that kind of operate in their own lanes? You know, I don't know. Um, one thing is, I mean, so I think The Rock got announced to be in this role in 2006 or 2007. Wow. Something yeah, that like that. Right. So, but that was still early in his career. I think that was right around like the Mummy Scorpion movie oh, and God. like the babysitter <laughs> the, thing. The, the, the so it might have just been like, oh, we see that you have like the body and the look, but you're still not like this grade A Hollywood actor. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we're, we're going to make sure. But now I think that he's been as big as he is and he's probably taken like, no, we're getting this thing done. I think right. that's the only reason it's probably because I mean, even the Flash movie that we'll get to in a bit has been in development for what, eight years, nine Something years like since that, Ezra yeah. Miller got announced. It's been a long yeah. time. And to your point, like now they know that The Rock, even if it's a not a great movie or there isn't a ton of interest in it, like I don't know anything It'll about Black so Adam. Money. It's got to make, yeah, people are going to come out and see it in force just because it has The Rock branding in it. Um, yeah. But, to but get, we, oh, go ahead. we're looking at ScreenRant.com, or at least yeah. I am, um, for kind of a trailer breakdown. So what you guys can kind of expect from this is it does open up and it, it does even state that Black Adam is imprisoned by the Council of Wizards at the start or at the beginning sure. of the trailer, at least. So that is the council that Shazam, Zachary Levi got his powers from and the other movies. So it does look like they are continuing that ancient the Egyptian, story, like, sure. yeah, you, you got the power. Now we locked you away. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so um, it's it, it's pretty short. It's really, this one's really more of a teaser compared yep. to like the Batman and Peacemaker where you get a lot more flesh out of it. Uh, I am, I don't know anything about this character. I wasn't that keen on Shazam. Uh, we watched that together. I know that's a yep. big, I know that's a big one of you. So I don't, I'm not really like that interested in this. I'm sure it has potential to be really cool. And I like that it looks like it's fairly dark and potentially violent, which I like that DC U movies or whatever they call it, uh, can kind of go down that road. But of all the ones that got released, this is the one that I'm like least passionate, least kind of excited about. See, the interesting thing for me is that that's Peacekeeper. That's the one I'm really least interested in. Really? Yeah. That's so, so funny. Yeah. So here's here's kind of where this trailer really got me chubby, guys. Um, sure. And by that, I mean, I ended up eating some uh, donuts and I just put on some pounds. <laughs> uh, get your head out of the gutter. Five pounds. So, I'm trying, you're, you're doing the rock. You did the rock cheat day. You know, you had like yeah. six pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> so the greatest thing about this, it's about halfway through the trailer it's you know you haven't seen the rock yet or black adam there have been flashes of lightning and someone's narrating yeah and then it looks like these archaeologists or something get to a thing they say shazam boom black adam shows up and the thing and i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it <laughs> the black adam grabs like everyone's shooting him you know he's he's does yeah. this little quick thing he grabs someone by the skull and starts pushing his electricity through their body right and literally turns them into dust yeah, it's pretty metal. It's pretty that intense. That was so <laughs> sick. I do like, and I think, you know, I don't really know what the DCU plan is, but part of the problem is, is that when you have Superman involved, there's nothing mm -hmm. like, there's no, there's nothing that can beat him, right? Outside of like your dark sides and whatnot. And I think that they're posing Black Adam to potentially be this like new 
super villain that could be like the Joker-esque villain for Superman and the rest of like the Justice League potentially moving forward. So interesting thing, that's actually not what they're setting him up for. Really? He is being set up like a Wolverine or Batman. You are an anti-hero. You're going to do some dark stuff, but you're also going to try to help other people out. Interesting. Um, The one thing that we would be remiss to mention is that the Justice Society of America is in the trailer and in the movie. Uh, And the one I'm most excited for is Dr. Fate by my favorite James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Great, great. That's great casting. Um, I've seen, I've seen, I watched a lot of the animated series and there's a great episode that has Dr. Fate in it. So I think he's a really interesting character to pull in. Kind of the... uh, Doctor Strange-ish adjacent to this universe. Well, I almost kind of maybe look at him instead of... Uh, he is Doctor Strange because he's mystical. I almost wonder, do you think he's going to be the Fury of Oh, this? and he's like... Because he is older. He's and a little it's like older, he probably, yeah. Yeah, like I'm trying to organize everyone to fight together. And, and in similar scope to that, if I remember correctly, he he's not like... He's like a mysticist, but he's still a human, right? Yes, in, in similar all the scope, powers in the helmet. Right, and how in the similar scope, how Fury is just happens to be like a highly trained operative. He, yep. but he's like kind of the glue because of that, right? Yeah. So yeah, that I, would be that would be like I like I like that idea, and I think now they have the time to start like gestating and developing these side mm-hmm. characters as opposed to just being like we have to rush out the seven or the yep. six or whatever it is, right? And then the last thing I'll mention is that Hawkman. This will be his first movie, movie. appearance as yeah. well. Uh, it's being done by Aldous Hodge. Um, the, the, at least the pictures I've seen, it looks really, really cool. I just more wonder what they're going to do with Hawkman because Hawkman and Hawkgirl, there's actually a few different comic book iterations. If you watch the justice league cartoon series, they were Tam, not Tamarins. That's what uh blackfire is. They're, they were they're like, they're aliens of some variety. They're aliens. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, could, I was trying to think of the alien race, but they are aliens from another planet come and invade us. There's also another version where they are also ancient Egyptian. They're lovers. Oh, okay. They end up dying because someone's like jealous of it. And then they're caught for right. eternity, always finding each other, falling in love, getting murdered, having to live life without the other dying right. and repeating. Got it. And is there is there a version where they're like humans and then they have equipment that turned them into this? Or am I, am I that mistaken that? Okay, gotcha. And, you know, I, right. I need to I need to go through and watch those uh, animated versions that you like so much. All right. Well, let's go to the one that I was least excited about, Peacekeeper. Uh, Tuck, why don't you give your initial kind of recap of who this guy is? We just saw him for the first time um, in the Suicide Squad. And it's uh, so it's Peacemaker, uh, not Peacekeeper. It's okay. How dare you? That's a magic card. Uh, Yes, it is. Oh, good one. Uh, So this is a magic podcast, quote unquote. Um, So Peacemaker was first introduced widely in the Suicide Squad that just came out. Me and Mr. Combo both thought that that was very good and market improvement on the original. And his gimmick is, I believe he's a normal person who believes in peace no matter what the cost. I think his like defining character quote from the Suicide Squad was like, I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to keep the peace. Yes. Uh, and and he's, played by, <laughs> he's played by John Cena. Uh, and I a quick side tangent on John Cena. I think he kind of gets a bad rap compared to like the Batistas and the rocks of the world who in terms of like his acting talent, but he's such a monstrous guy. I think that in roles where he can be a monstrous guy, who's also kind of an idiot. He has, yeah. I think he has really good comic timing, right? When he does yeah. like the serious and thinks that he's serious. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's really aware of that. So 
I, I, when they announced this, when they first announced this coming out as a TV show, I was like, that's not going to last more than like two episodes, right? Yeah. How could it? But I'm not gonna lie. I watched the trailer yesterday. And then again, this morning, I have really high hopes for this. This looks like very fun, very self-referential, similar in scope to like the Doom Patrol style, right? It looks mm -hmm. insanely violent. So I, that's why this, that's why I'm interested in seeing this, um, especially cause you can like dole it out like week over week or however you want to stream it. Here's my issue with it. He's a no character. A very well, he was a very entertaining character for Suicide Squad. I think he was yeah. the great mini villain of the of the yes. movie. But this trailer, it looks like they've tried to literally completely 360 flip that he was a bad guy. And now he's just misunderstood good oh, guy. Oh yeah. And yeah, I yeah. don't I don't like that. Don't don't give me this villain. Now, if they would have set up some stuff, um, during the actual Suicide Squad where you kind of felt bad for him and right, maybe right, you got right. a bad rap. I never felt bad for John Cena's no. character in Suicide Squad. It was just like, oh, you're kind of this delusional right. dick. You're just like a psychopath who doesn't get it, yeah. right? And I think yeah. that's a that's a that's a fair point. Um I needed I was stoned when I watched the Suicide Squad for the first time, so there's bits and pieces that I don't really remember. Uh, but I think that's I think that's a good point. I also thought it was kind of a weird choice to choose him out of everyone in that movie. Like, I, I'm surprised they didn't go with like Ratcatcher, right? That might have like a broader demographic appeal or something like that. Do you think it's just because John Cena is a much more recognizable person in real life and that's going to draw people to watch it? I think the comic book companies have recognized that professional professional wrestlers are some of the best to put into their action ah. movies. Look at Dave Batista. We yeah. got The Rock. We got John Cena. Uh, I mean, shit, uh, Goldberg and Stone Cold Steve Austin have done stuff in other movies, yeah. not superhero. But because professional wrestling actually is acting, and those guys are super yes. jacked up. And when you talk about superheroes, like they're usually jacked up. Yeah, right. So right, like, right. what better? Like, oh, you're already kind of a trained actor, but really the big thing is like, you you physically have it. Oh, we'll teach you to act. Yes. We'll figure that out. Yeah, and and to that point as well, they uh, a big thing that people say about like the best actors for fights are people that like come from dance backgrounds because they're yep. acutely aware. Like that's why like Tom Holland and Chris Evans look so natural when they're fighting because they both oh, come from I a dance background. Yeah, and in wrestling they teach you how to sell fights, right? Yes. Like how to punch people and make it look real, how to take falls, that sort of thing. So. Um, that fight between him and Joel and Kinnaman was super good and intense. Oh and my god! Yeah, and, and then that fat throat. Ooh, yeah. But ugh. Let, let's let's get into this trailer. Um, like like I said, I mean, the trailer just really seemed like the whole time they were trying to make you forget that he was an asshole and killed Captain mm. uh, Rick Flag at the end of the movie. That's, yeah, what, the, yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. That's pretty what much what it feels feel? like. Yeah. Yeah, um, I felt like that. Uh, I like the fact I, I like the superhero movies, which is why mm -hmm. the one in here, that's the obvious my my favorite of the bunch, uh, which we'll get into. I like the ones that they're very grounded, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're less like blue beam in the sky, giant monster and much more sure. of like these are just people who are misunderstood, who can shoot people in the face really well. Um, I didn't really get I, I when they brought in the T-1000 as his dad, I was like, come on. Like that's been that's kind of rote and been done before. Yeah. Um, they're trying to bring in like the baby Yoda effect with this eagle, bald eagle, giving him a hug at some point. So I was like, ah, that's okay. But the action scenes looked really good. Um, yeah. The new vigilante character looks like he's going to be a really fun foil. So, so I guess that's I, his brother-in-law. 
I have no, I have, I haven't looked into it at all. Like I said, I just watched the video once. Verbatim, uh, peace oh, or peacemaker training with vigilante. His brother, his brother, oh, in, brother law. in arms. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, if it was brother in law, then that's a whole nother layer that I think would be hysterical. <laughs> so, so yeah, the the trailer just sets up. This is gonna be like a violent, yeah. gory DC series. Not really too much beyond that. Now, I will tell you this: the thing that makes me the most excited about this is actually the supporting cast. I yes, really right. like. Uh, like they have um, John Ekonos. Uh He mm-hmm. played, I believe, the homeless guy uh, in New Girl. I think he was homeless Dave or outside Dave. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The big guy, right? Um, big white guy. A- yeah, yeah, absolutely hilarious. So I really like that. Um, they have uh, the main girl from Orange is the New Black um, on the team as well. Piper, and Adebayo. Yeah, okay. Yep. So that was like really cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was interesting how you know vigilante had randomly kind of show up like like hey right. what's going on yeah, like, can i, I, can, I, can I, I play a, yeah exactly I'm, I'm I, hero. To, I so that i talk about like expectations versus what they delivered i had no expectations and at some point said i didn't yeah. even want this to exist so the fact that it actually looked entertaining is enough for me to be like okay i'll invest like 10 hours into this or whatever it looks like oh and the best joke was the butt babies uh, yes. Oh, that was great. <laughs> apparently, Peacemaker's brother convinced him that ugly children are birthed from their mother's butt, and for years, Peacemaker assumed that he was a butt baby himself butt until baby. I think he hit puberty or something. Yes. Yeah, and I like, and again, like John Cena's delivery is so flat and emotionless. Yep. Like I think he can really sell that that style of humor. Um, and then I loved who they got to be his dad at the yeah. end. That T one thousand. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's See, as soon as you Patrick, said T one thousand, my mind immediately just went to Arnold, and I was like, I mean, I guess Arnold's kind of like the size of him, but n- right, I don't get that. But no, yeah, this actor, he's absolutely awesome. It's not yeah. get over your T one thousand. It's not like they made him some like android clone in the in the trailer. No, not at all. But he's been like that's what he's known for. He's been in a ton of stuff, so he's like a very well known character actor. Oh, I didn't know him from that. I knew him from uh, Scorpion. And there's like another movie where he's like a detective type thing. Uh, he was in the X-Files for a season. I didn't know if you knew that. Uh, never watched X-Files. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and there's a, the bad guys like Judo Master. I think, you know, from an expectation perspective, if I, I'd look at this like Falcon Winter Soldier with just a little right. bit more crude humor. Yes. Oh, last thing I'll say about this. I, I thought I just I just thought of this. Robert Patrick, the actor, was the bad guy in one of John Cena's first shitty action movies called The Marine. And I'm pretty sure there's a part where he's covered in oil and trying to cut him up with a chainsaw. Oh, my gosh. Which I saw in theater as well. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's go to the next one. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Robert Pattinson Batman is the one you're most excited for, correct? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so no let's questions. do the Flash one first. Okay, yes. Um, so, guys, if you're not familiar with Flash, you've been living under a rock, uh, yep. turn off this podcast. Uh, no. So, Flash, Barry Allen, he ends up uh, getting hit with lightning, uh, basically the speed force, and yep. he could run insanely fast, uh, hit extremely quick, regenerate, all of that kind of stuff. So this is uh, the DCEU Ezra Miller. You've probably seen him um, as that flashback terrible thing in BVS, Batman v Superman, also in Justice League and Snyder Cut. I think he did a cameo in Man of Steel, maybe? Like, I can't remember the the uh, Captain Boomerang cameo, which one that was. Or was that in Suicide Squad? That, that was, was in Suicide Su- Squad. That was in Suicide Squad, and he. The, I think the first time you saw him on screen was in Batman vs Superman the flashback 
But then yes. you saw him in like the security footage on when, uh, Wayne hacked LexCorp, right? That's right. That's right. Yes. So yeah. this is his movie that's finally off the ground. Yep. Could not be more excited because it's probably one of the best stories in comics out there. We are exploring a version of Flashpoint. So whole concept of this uh, from a comics perspective is the Flash uh, fought against Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash made some jabs at him. Ha, you could save everyone, but you couldn't save her, meaning his mom. So Barry runs back mm. in time, prevents his mom from being murdered, but then doing that resets everything. And he no longer, he wakes up and he no longer has his powers. Bruce Wayne is who got murdered, not his parents. Uh, oh, Cyborg okay. is like the leader of the Justice League across the world. Uh, uh, Wonder Woman killed Aquaman's wife. And now oh, the God. Atlanteans and they are at war. I mean, it is. There's actually an animated movie of it. It's absolutely. Yeah. It, man, I'm getting goosebumps again. Is that so, is that the one? That's the one where Thomas Wayne becomes Batman yes. over the grief of Bruce Wayne being shot and yes. killed. Correct. Okay. And that's why when they did BVS, everyone got so excited because that flashback scene. Remember, it was uh, Jeremy. Oh, come Morgan. on. What's that? Yeah, it was, Jeremy Morgan, uh, uh, or not Jeremy. Hold on. What is that guy's name? Jeffrey. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, Jeffrey. Yes, yes, yes. So it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and it was the actress that plays um, Maggie on Walking Dead, Walking Dead as his parents. And people had done fan renditions, and they look great as Batman right. and Joker. Uh, but we obviously didn't get that. So um, what to expect from this movie, though, from a trailer perspective, We've seen a few of these trailers already. I think we've seen a Flash one, um, or at least a lot of snippets. Yeah. It opens with him at Wayne Manor, which is so exciting. Right. Yeah. Um, what, you want me to keep talking about it? I uh, This is the one. I want you to keep going on this one because you know more. Oh, right. you, know, you know Flashpoint like down to a T, so I want you to keep going, and then I'll all give right, my thoughts. All right. So basically, guys, you know, they get to Wayne Manor and from the way that the trailer goes, it looks like it's been abandoned. It looks like nothing's there. Yeah. But if you notice the uh, noir of the mm. scene, it Did, looks uh, a lot like Tim Burton's Gotham. Oh, 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 I didn't pick that up. I can't so this. actually what has happened is going back in, we've actually been transported to Tim Burton's uh, Batman universe, I believe. Uh, That's because what we're thinking. Okay. it's already been confirmed, Michael Keaton is here as Batman. Well, and he's so, doing all the voiceover work in the trailer, too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So it gets there, Ezra, like everything looks abandoned. Um, you know, we don't really know what's going on. Like there's a scene where he like turns on the power and it's covered in cobwebs and stuff. Yeah, right. The, the only thing fly, I can. Yeah. yeah, the only thing I could think of is that maybe part of Michael Keaton's story is going to be, maybe they reuse the story for Batman 3, because I don't know if you know this. Chris mm -hmm. O'Donnell, they were supposed to make another one after Returns, uh, but, you know, the studio didn't want Burton back, and so Keaton said, right. oh, I'm out. And right, right. they were going to have, I think, Damon Wayans as Robin? Correct. And one note's even better, there's actually, they made a toy of that, because he was actually going to be in the second one. So there's what? a there's a black Robin with a huge high fade toy. That's and like awesome. the red thing. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like a it's like a collector's item. So so what I'm hoping is that maybe the reason everything's in chaos is because whatever that unmade movie was, maybe it went bad. And so it's like kind of fan service, like, hey, this was supposed to happen. It didn't. Right. Here's a little nugget for you. 
I'm hoping the same thing because there was a Nick Cage Superman movie that was supposed to yes, be made. Right. With a giant spider. Yes. And this movie does have Supergirl in it. So I'm hoping Ooh. maybe in part of that story, we get the Nick Cage Superman story as well. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, we, we couldn't get the movies made, yeah. but we're going to give you the background Something of how this do. movie got there. So yeah, that's sure. kind of where we get to. I mean, we see... Barry's childhood but, home. And you see, like, and I think it ends with, like, the original Batman suit with, like, the, the fixed neck and the pointy ears, uh, which is, I think it's supposed to be Michael Keaton's Batman take on it, right? Supposed to be. So, yeah. I mean, but before we even get there, I mean, they show, like, bloody cowls. They show, mm -hmm. like, Supergirl hurt. Um, now, here's where the trailer gets real interesting is actually towards the end. You start seeing costumes and things that don't really connect to Barry Allen's Flash. Like, the boots at one point in the trailer are actually modeled more after Jay Garrick, who I believe was the very first Flash back in, like, the 10s or 20s. He's the one that runs around with, like, the metal helmet oh, with the, metal the Arnides yeah. ears. And he was um, in... He was featured in the Flash TV show, if I'm not mistaken, yes. correct? Okay. Well, he actually had a Flash TV show, uh, but I think he was Barry Allen, but that actor from the 60s actually did right. come back in the new one in and new played one. Jay Garrick. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, that's a thing. You know, we finally see the Flash ring, which that's a big deal. The thing that I want to focus more on, Tuck, and I'm curious your thoughts. We see the Flashpoint suit. So, it, right. you know, it's all glowy. It looks super badass. But the thing is that if you kind of look closer, it looks like just a bat suit with red and Flash stuff painted oh. over it. So do you think maybe when the whole Flashpoint thing happened, like Flash needed a suit, so maybe Michael Keaton gave him like a old prototype, similar to Batman sure. Beyond type thing? Do we know, okay, I, that would be interesting. I didn't know he had lost his powers, which is also interesting. And maybe this is like suit is some way that he can connect and like get some Ooh, sort of thing out of okay. it, right? So do is it just Keaton in this or is this also confirmed with like Ben Affleck, that's also confirmed, right? Yep. That's all happening so, in this one? Okay. But the way, the way I think this is going to end up rolling out is the way the Flashpoint comic and animated movie started is you're in present day and, you know, the Flash is interacting with the Justice League. So I'm thinking that that's where uh, Affleck's Batman is oh. going to be. They interact. Flash goes back in time. Time. But here's the kicker. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much the trailer. You do get the shadow of the bat, you know. Right, Flash asks if you're in, and then at the very end, they tease the removing of the Batmobile tarp. Um, but something I've been thinking about, because we've all heard, you know, Ben Affleck's done with Batman, but now there might be yep. interest. We don't really know. I think I think they want to do more with Keaton, and I think this might be their avenue to do Batman Beyond as an oh, uh, actual yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm thinking is that the Flash, you know, he's there with uh, Affleck. He runs, changes time. Eventually, he's going to fix it. I mean, we all know he's yeah, going to go back. Yes, of course. Right. So I think change when he goes there, back yeah. to the presence, it's going to be Keaton's Batman that's there, not Affleck's. Like whatever ah. he did that still reverberated through the speed force right, and right. time. And, that and now be we changed. have now we have old like we have old Bruce Wayne who then yep. could go on elsewhere. Yes. And almost uh, be a uh, Fury type. type once again. Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so do you know why one of the reasons why uh, Ben Affleck dropped out? Well, there so, was all those like directing and the script. Well, and it got it's even weirder and like more depressing than that. So he started drinking. Ben Affleck's had substance abuse problems, and you can tell if you look at the new footage versus the old footage. He's definitely put on some pounds. It looks a little puffier. He started drinking again after the original Justice League, 
and oh. he was looking at the script for the Batman and he gave it to a friend and the friend read it and he's like, Ben, this would be really good for your career. This is going to be a really good movie. I am worried that if you take this and start doing this, you're just going to drink yourself to death because it's oh. going to be that impactful and that like stressful for you to do. And then that was wow. one of the reasons where he's like, I'm not going to do it. So that's uh, what I heard. I don't, I can't confirm this. Well, not funny, but you know, a same, a similar thing happened with uh, Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. oh. And Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, Nicholson told, told him, Nicholson told him said, hey, if you take this right. role, it will kill you. And it did. Yep. I know. It's it's creepy, man. All right. Well, let's go to the last trailer. Uh, now, this is one where it's not a brand new trailer that we've never had a teaser or anything. We've had multiple The yes. Batman trailers. But this is the one that Tuck is most excited about. So I'll let you take it away. Hey, hey, Tuck, if someone doesn't know, who's Batman? Uh, Batman is also known as Bruce Wayne is a mass psychopath that goes around and beats people borderline to death and paralyzes them with his bare hands because he doesn't know how to process trauma from an early childhood. So um, there's been a lot of iterations in this. A lot of them deal with the origin stories. This one is actually more based around the comic. And I think there's a DC movie called Year One where yes. it's Batman. It's Batman kind of figuring it out. Um, this is actually supposed to be year two of him being an escaped crusader. Uh, played play by Bob Pattinson, of course. And I believe this is supposed to be more modeled after the long Halloween Correct. opposed to year one, which they actually did just come out with a long Halloween uh, animated movie. Right. part one. I heard it's two. awesome, right? Yeah. Have you seen it yet? Oh, yep. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a huge, Batman's my favorite superhero by Country Mile. Um, so in this one, Bob Pattinson is, it's supposed to also be very noir, a, much, a lot more in the detective thing. And the gist of the trailer is that there's a new villain called the Riddler who's going through and setting traps uh, throughout the city. Looks like they're trying to find him. Um, in this trailer specifically, it does a really good dichotomy of showing the Riddler getting caught at some point, but then other things going on. It shows Batman beating the shit out of a bunch of Joker lookalikes, which is great, and electrocuting one of them potentially to death. Who's to say? And uh, then there's a lot of Catwoman, which is my only not super excited about part of it. Um, there's a one-on-one -on -one conference with him and the Riddler, and then um, it kind of ends with him trying to just figure out and trying to puzzle together some sort of great mystery. Uh, also featured is Colin Farrell's The Penguin, which is the all-star of the trailer. However, I have heard he is only in like five minutes of it, which totally what? sucks. What? Really? Yeah. He's not, he's, he might have been making a joke because he's a crazy, drunken Irishman, yeah. but he said like, I'm barely in it, so don't get your hopes up there. Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, Batman and Catwoman, played by Zoe Kravitz. Yes, that's Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Uh, congratulations, you made it to the big leagues. Uh, are slowly building a relationship and potentially working together to take down the Riddler uh, amidst all the other crime that goes on in Gotham. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of different things in the trailer that you yeah. should just, like, really, like, notice out. Um, you know, one thing that I think is kind of funny is, uh, so I'm watching live-action Titans right now on uh, HBO Max, and I guess right. the, actually the actor that plays Tim Drake in Titans is one of the Jokers as, like, a cameo role in the oh, background. Really? <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of funny. Okay. Um, but it, I will say this. I was super worried about Robert Pattinson getting uh, the Batman nod, but I was also yes. super worried about Heath Ledger, and I was like, well, give it a chance, yep. and he's he's doing such a good I job. I, the only I complaint think, oh, sorry, I have, he does not look like a Bruce Wayne. Uh, he looks too uh, sunken and soul right. to be this eccentric billionaire, billionaire playboy, playboy sleeping yeah. with everyone. You're like, maybe this is supposed to be like you said, year two and it's all depressed. Maybe at the end of the movie, he has this like, here's what I have to be. Here's so, my mask. 
Yeah, and I think, and uh, to that point, I've actually just got goosebumps thinking about this. So there you go. Uh, I also turned the air conditioning on. Uh, so, anyways, uh, people said the same thing about uh, they said the same thing about Ben Affleck. I thought Ben Affleck killed the Bruce Wayne part of it very well, less convincing as the Batman himself. And I think that's one thing that I like in this is that we are seeing a Batman who's like angry, obsessed, right? Like, like takes bullets in the chest, right? Clearly hasn't figured out. It's like blowing things up in his car willy nilly, right? And I think that this is going to be, I think that's going to be the big part of this okay. movie. It's like, this is, this is not the Batman of like, I'm vigilance, right? He's like, I, or no, what's he say? Like, uh, I'm vengeance, right? Like, I, I think this is going to be someone who's going to be, he's going to be more angry, more disturbed, more violence. Yeah. And then to your point, I think at the end of this, I wouldn't be surprised if the takeaway is like Alfred being like, you've seen what you've done and all these people you've hurt. Like you have now, tur you've, you've turned into the symbol of terror, not the symbol of hope. And your parent, this is not what your parents wanted for this, for your city or for that. So for me, that's, I'm a dark, I'm a darker guy. I don't really like happy movies. So that's why this looks really exciting to me. Um, I don't care. I think Paul Dano's interesting. I think they, so do you feel, I felt that they were maybe tiptoeing too close to the Batman Heath Ledger interactions, like with the, in the prison and that sort of thing between the Riddler and Batman in this. No, no, I, you I, I don't that? feel okay. that at all. Only because what I actually think they're tiptoeing too close to, but they might be trying to merge the properties, is they're trying to get too close to Hush. This screams oh, Hush. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Hush, guys, Hush is this character. It's been there's been multiple iterations, but literally just recently in the animated movie it came out about it a was year a, ago. It was the Riddler. It was the I Riddler. Watched, I watched yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I feel like they're tiptoeing too close to because it's like every time we see the Riddler, like his face is covered in this like duct tape up. with yeah. like some eye goggles, and that just seems like you're trying to hide your identity. It's all these clues and cryptic stuff, right. like Hush. So, I mean, I guess oh. if they're doing another hush, it's like fine, but why did we have to have two hush movies in a year? Well, why do you, oh, do you think like the Riddler might just be the like insane person that is getting like, he's like the insane person that actually hush or hush adjacent is behind the scenes. Who's like feeding them information about Bruce Wayne and somehow how he got wronged in the past by the Wayne family. I would love to say that, but they've already, I think they're, they're trying to ground this movie and separate it from this big expansive universe. Yes. And already right. hearing that we have Batman, Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler. Riddler. Uh, we got Jim. We obviously got Alfred, but I thought there was another, uh, we got the oh. Joker gang in there. And there's also someone who's, who's there's someone, um, the guy who played the bad guy in the original Green Lantern is coming in as a new district attorney don't worry, he's not Harvey Dent. And I'm saying all this in quotation marks. <laughs> like oh, he's a penguin. There we go. So, yeah, yeah we, we already got multiple like villains in here. So I don't know if there's going to be another behind Enough the scenes. Because that's just that, yeah. so much more. Unless, yeah. go with me. And this is one that they could do and it wouldn't overcrowd it. The movie ends with the Court of Owls. Oh, the Court of that Owls be were behind cool. the whole yeah. thing, pulling the string. His parents died. We're trying to control Wayne Manor. I think it might have a little Court of Owls feel to it. Oh, and that's one okay. where there's not just one person. So they could right. just have it be an ominous like group. Group, yeah. And then that sets it up for the next round where he has to like deal with that. I like that yeah. a lot. I like that a lot. Well, uh, overall, you know, if I had to say, Tuck, uh, if all the movies were out right now in the order that I would watch them, I would probably go... Flash, Batman, Black Adam, Peacekeeper. Peacemaker. 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 Uh, I'd go Batman, 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 and that'd be it. 
<laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up <laughs> Tube Talk. Now to cover what's going on in that local multiverse, what's the plane chase? All right, guys, so for this What's the Plane Chase, we're doing one of your favorite sections, green color standards. Big Tech and I are gonna talk about cards that maybe don't go into literally every single green deck, but maybe a lot of them, yeah. um, and they could be ones you've heard of, or maybe you haven't. So uh, I'm gonna start this off with, and I did this a little bit different. Usually yep. we're approaching this in a manner of, hey, here are all like the ways that you can ramp or remove things or, oh, these are some creative things for this. I thought it'd be cool to talk about just like CMC. So a couple cards oh, sure. that I think are green standards that are one CMC. The first one to be Raincore, single green oh, enchantment God, aura, so enchant yes. creature. You can get one for 50 cents. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus two plus zero oh, and has trample. And whenever Raincore is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Raincore to its owner's hand. Uh, the reason I think this is a standard is because it literally prevents the one bad thing that enchantment auras usually have is when your creature dies, yeah. you lose it. You just get it back to hand. Yeah. And I think almost every deck, and that's why this is a standard, not a staple, is going to do some sort of combat damage. Some, yeah, at some point. Command, uh, I, commander, a big, a big Hydra, anything, yep. right? And then the other one CMC, I think, is a standard, not a staple, because it is a little expensive. Uh, and in theory, the staple is just better. Mary's Guile. Uh, single oh, green oh, yeah. enchantment from Tempest. During your upkeep, you may look at the top three cards of your library, put them back in any order. So you don't get to draw yeah, the cards. So you strong. get to kind of free top every upkeep. And this is a card, and it's probably because of the price, but I just never see it. And I know when we did episode two of Bruise and Builds, Tuck pointed this out for me, and I had never even heard of the card at right. that point. So Yeah, and I think those are both great picks. Um, and I'm kind of shocked that Mirrors Guile hasn't seen a secret lair drop or anything like that. Like it would have been great in the cats, right? Yep. She's a cat. So there you go. Um, I agree with both of those. The one I thought that you're going to put in here, which I'm shocked you haven't, which did just recently see one. That's that's my first pick. Um, and I'll, I'll try to go with the with the CMC as much as I can. Uh, Carpet of Flowers is usually oh, pretty yeah. good. <laughs> so one green for an enchantment at the beginning of each of your main phases. That's both of them. If you hadn't added mana with this ability of this turn, you may add X mana of any one color. X is the number of, tar of islands target opponent controls. We've talked again and again and again how green and blue are all over the place. And if you're playing blue or blue adjacent, you're probably going to be playing a lot of basic islands, let alone shocks and that sort of thing. So this can really catapult you into four extra mana, five extra mana, eight extra mana in the late game. And it also scales very nicely as it goes up. Yeah, I think that wasn't this a recommendation I gave for you in one of your decks and like the whole thing I, was like, you're going to see blue probably with at least one or two players. So yep. if you have one mana or one mana investment, go down a card, but then you can consistently even get two mana on every turn. That's great. Yeah, it's so valuable. Yes. And it did just come out in a secret layer. So hopefully this price will go down a little bit. Um, but again, if we're talking one drops, pretty good in a lot of green decks. Yep. All right. Well, my next one, Tuck sees it all the time. I love this card. I don't think it sees enough play in Commander. Uh, Nissa Vastwood Seer. So, oh, sure. Two colorless green, legendary creature, elf scout, mythic. You can get the magic origins for 10 bucks. Uh, <laughs> I love a this card so much. And it's a uh, great card. So when it ETBs, you may search your library for a basic forest, reveal it, put it to hand, shuffle your library. I know that's not great. It's not to battlefield, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more, exile Nyssa, return her to the battlefield, transformed as a planeswalker. As Nyssa Sage Animus comes in with three loyalty, uh, plus one, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, draw it. 
uh, or you don't actually draw it, you just put it to hand. Put it to minus hand. two, get a legendary 4-4 creature token named Ashaya. Uh, minus seven, untap up to six target lands, it becomes six, six <laughs> elemental Ashaya, creatures. They're still lands. So here's why I think this is a standard. And I actually, I think this this works because I think I do use this as a standard in my own decks. In most green decks, uh, yeah, you do have a lot of copies of this. So the reason I like it is that if you're running uh, green in your color pairing, and once again, we're doing mono green standards, you're probably going to have a basic forest in the deck, at least one. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, you know what? You, you just did a worse Kadama's Reach for me. Whatever. I got a body out of it. Yeah. The reason I really think it's a standard is because it doesn't state in the second paragraph a forest enters the battlefield. It's just a land. land. So whether you're in sure. one to five colors, this is still going to have the ability to flip. And then basically for three mana, once you, you ramp for free, you're going to quickly flip. Then it's, well, I'm going to plus one my Planeswalker all day long and I get to draw a card or ramp. Th that right. does everything that you want. It, it is, you could say it's a little slow because you got to have the seven lands. But right. for me, three mana at that slot, there's not many cards I would put above it. I'm not, a, I'm, I like this card a lot. I'm not quite as keen on you. I will say that the... I like that a lot of these flip walkers are kind of underwhelming on the backside, but for her, you do get to draw your card. And I think that her ultimate, which you can probably get to because you'll have blockers, is pretty strong, right? Like yeah. six, six, six with all the other anthem effects and your crater hopes of the world and whatnot. That's going to start bashing people out pretty fast. Yeah. The only thing I wish it said, though, was until end of turn. And yeah, I know. I, I, I know. That you're, nice. you're so sensitive about that stuff, and it's, you're totally right on it, though. <laughs> all right, Tuck, what's your next one? Uh, so this one's a one of the rare green removal spells that I think is really strong. Uh, mostly it? dealing with no, uh, that's a standard in my opinion. But that's a different staple. Staple, thank you. Um, Kenneth's transformation is oh, really yeah. really strong. Colors into green for an enchantment aura, and it's an enchant creature. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, and then when enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green elk creature with base power toughness three three. It loses all other card types and creature types, and it's about twenty six cents. So the reason why I like this is because it replaces itself. It removes out a creature. The mm -hmm. way, the only thing that this is that this is kind of a standard, not a staple, is it doesn't really remove the creature. If they get rid of the enchantment, they get the creature back. And I think mm -hmm. where this card really shines is locking down problematic commanders more than anything, a la Darksteel mutation. Um, so that's why I'm not. It's not a staple for me, but it's really efficient. It draws you the card and locks down the worst creature that the opponent or the best creature that the opponent has worse for you. Yeah, I've actually never thought to make that a standard. I love the card, though. Replaces itself. Yeah. It's cheap. And, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I I personally love any card that removes all abilities, effects, mm -hmm. makes you a generic whatever. Because that's, that's the thing that's so powerful about EDH, is we have access to 99% of magic cards, but you only get one copy of it in your deck. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, Blightsteel, holy crap, that's powerful. Al Kinroth's transformation that, and now I know you do not have another one in your deck. That is yeah. it. So That's it, and you can keep eyes on it too. Yeah. Totally agree there. All right, well, my last one, because I'm going to skip one, only because uh, Tuck already called me out, and it was, uh, you know. Heroic intervention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the next one, it's actually three different cards. And they all kind of do a similar thing, and that's why I want to talk about them. And they're all very popular cards. You've heard of them, but I you don't you don't see them played a lot. Uh, they're usually like commanders or the game winner, and I don't think they need to be that. So green does ramp extremely well. So mm -hmm. the first card will be Savala, Heart of the Wilds, colorless green, oh, yeah. green, great Elf Scout Legend two three. When another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if it's the strongest creature on the power uh, battlefield. 
And then a single green tap at X man of any combo or X is the greatest power among creatures you control. You, this is a mono green stamp uh, standard because not every green deck or deck that runs green cares about creatures and Correct. that. So at the worst, this is pay a green tap. You get one extra mana because Silvala is a two. So yep. it, that's where it, you know you can't say it's a staple and you can't say it's a standard. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. This was my first mono green commander, and she's insanely strong in the right decks. But mm -hmm. again, you got to be playing around that caveat. The second one is another three drop. Omnath, Locus of Mana, Legendary Creature mm. Elemental 1-1. One, one. Green mana doesn't empty from your mana pool as steps and phases end, and it gets plus one, plus one for each green, green mana in your mana pool. This is one I never see played outside of it being the commander, and I don't know yeah. why, because I think if you're in either mono green or two color, this probably can do a lot of work. I agree. I think this is one that for me, this is something I put in almost literally every mono green deck. Oh, like I think it's like a mono green staple if you can, just because it gives you that way to cycle your mana and it also just becomes humongous too. So it's mm -hmm. always a scary beater. Um, I, but it does kind of start losing out once you start breaking into the, any other colors. So I agree with you on that on that perspective for sure. And then the last one, Tuck's just going to roll his eyes at. Uh, we're talking Vorn Clex, Voice of Hunger. Uh, oh, six God. colorless green green. A legendary creature Prater. It's a trample. Whenever you tap a land for mana, you get double. Whenever your opponent does, that land doesn't untap during their next untap step. Once again, green's thing is I need to ramp quicker than you. This just does that and slow down your opponents. So, but it doesn't belong in yeah. every deck, not because <clears throat> it's not powerful, but because it is eight mana. So not all decks yep. want to have an eight CMC thing in there. Uh, it is a stacks card. So not every deck wants to play stacks. Uh, yeah. You know, we're going to be talking about a bruise and builds later this week uh, that wants people to have lands to tap and, and generate mana. Great so point. I don't think this goes in every deck that has green. It's powerful, but I do think it's a standard because it could go in a lot of them. Uh, I hate this card, and I have nothing else to say about it. I actually will be getting my first copy ever from the Secret Lair drop, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. Uh, All right, what's your last not excited. one? So this one's the same sort of thing. Um, I think Gaia's Touch is a card that's not played quite oh. enough. So it's green, green for an enchantment. If for zero, you may put a basic forest card from your hand onto the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery and only once each turn. Then you can sacrifice it to add two green, so it can repay for itself. Yeah. Um, I think in mono green decks where you're running a lot of forests, this is where this can shine. Some people may, if they may prefer an exploration effect, but I do like the fact it gives you that extra ramp. Um, but if you start breaking into two, three colors, you really have to look like you always say this yourself. Like you really have to take a look at what your land base looks like. Yeah. If you're running only 10 basic forests or five basic forests, you're probably going to be missing out on that unless yep. your curve is very green into it. Yep. I would completely agree. It is a cool card though. Cause I do like that. Um, oh my gosh. I love how they had to eradicate it to where it was like zero mana. Zero. Oh. Yeah. yeah right. Um, I do like that it pays for itself though. So, cause that, that's one of the things that always hurts the most in Magic, like from a feels perspective, mm -hmm. is I just paid mana for this and someone just blew it up and I didn't even get to right. do it. And so you at least with this, with it, yeah. you know, even if it's on someone else's turn, I could sacrifice it and have two green and maybe I have an activated ability. Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. All right. Well, that was green color standards. We kind of went through that quick, so we wanted to spend more time on the trailers. But <laughs> uh, the interesting thing is Tuck, I believe... We've done all the color standards. We're now on to colorless. Done all, 
We've all we've done all five color standards, um, mono colors. So now we can either go into the guilds in two colors, colorless, or start breaching into three colors if we really want to go crazy. I think we should go colorless, but they have to have diamonds in oh. the, the color identity. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Dig well, it. guys, that's gonna wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, Squeed dives into those creative juices. We are seeing the suck it cyclone come in. This is Big Tuck's Twister Tracker coming at you from North Carolina, the land of no tornadoes. And today, we I was so inspired by our air Eron the Relentless that I wanted to find another lookalike. And we today are playing with John Travolta. Otherwise known as Marhalt Ells Dragon. Uh, and that's M A R H A U, and that's as far as you need to get. So, this <laughs> handsome devil is a legendary creature, elf warrior, for three colorless, double red, and a green. It's a 4 6 with Rampage 1. What does Rampage do? Great question. Whenever this creature becomes blocked, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each attack, each creature blocking it beyond the first. So, this was back in the day when double blocking and banding was really big. So this is something we will never see ever again. Uh, I picked this one because I wanted to go with a lookalike that I knew and I didn't want to go too deep in, digging too deep. So uh, let's let's hop into this. What do you think out of the gates? This is an uncommon. Okay, so do you see the resemblance? Uh, to John Travolta, no. I do see what? the resemblance to uh, uh, Lord Elrond from uh, Riverdale. Oh, okay. Or Rivendale. Fair enough. Not Riverdale where Archie hangs out. Um, so Rampage 1. Uh, it's a weird one. <laughs> it is weird. I mean, I guess you could do something where it's like, hey, I'm forcing everyone to block him, but then I'm giving him trample. So it's like he gets huge and kills everything, but still guess gets what? damage through. You, you are correct. Uh, and I have, <laughs> I, I have I have found four cards plus an extra one. And one of them is just a better commander if you're actually interested in this sort of build. So here we go. Uh, we'll go through this pretty quick. So the first one we just talked about at Rancor, so efficient. You need yeah. him to get the trample on. The plus two is going to help. Um, he is a four out of the gates, so that gets pretty strong pretty quick. And um, he does cost six, and so people are going to remove him. Yes. And it's going to take you a while, but it'll be nice because that Rancor can go back to hand when it does. And then you can maybe put it on something else. It could even be something that, Tuck, you kind of set it up to where that later game oh, I can cast my commander and give it haste and do my thing, but Rancor's on something else. Maybe I sack it to a sack outlet or sure. blindly throw it to the wolves just so Rancor goes Absolutely. back to hand so I can attach it to Marholt. Get it get it, get it to greater good, something like that. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's just, Rancor's just insane. Um, next up, we have a miracle card, a, a rare one in green called Revenge of the Hunted. So for four colorless, double green, until end of turn, target creature gets plus six, plus six, and gains trample, and all creatures able to block it to, to oh this turn gosh. to do so. <laughs> and it also is Miracle for a green, so if you somehow top deck this, for one green, you get all that value. We're playing tops, we're playing Mirror Guile, all for this one card. Uh, this is hilarious. I absolutely love it, and then it'll be great to like E-wit it back into your hand, yep. and then put it back on top and do it again. Uh, oh, yeah. This is great, because now Euron's going to be 10-12, and then literally get plus one for every single creature out there. So at minimum, exactly. you're going to get 12 through. At maximum, yep. you're probably gonna board wipe everyone and get twelve through. <laughs> exactly. So it's so it's so strong. Um, and this next one is gonna help a lot because what we're rampage is not very good on its own. So we're really gonna want to fill them up with as many keywords as we can, right? 
So we have another enchantment creature um, that's called Ruins of the Deus, D-E-U-S. Four colorless and hybrid green, that's a green or a red, I suppose, for an enchantment aura, enchant creature, as long as enchanted creature is red, it gets plus one, plus one, and has double strike. As long as it's green, it gets plus one and plus one, and has trample. So now for five mana, we're pumping them up to that six number. Double strike is clutch. That's going to do so much damage. Yeah. And we're going to get all that damage through all on a five mana package. Wow. That's kind of gross. Is this your new gruel deck? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You get it. one for eight cents. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think this could be, oh, this might be my next budget deck to build. Because he's only eight cents himself. Yeah. And we've not talked about a card that's more than a dollar. Um, and this one is, this is the last one that I think is really strong in the stack. We talked about it during your zombie witch episode, and I think it's really strong in here as well. The enchantment invasion plans. So two colorless and a red, uh, all creatures block each combat if able. The attacking player chooses how each creature blocks each combat. So now when you're swinging in, if they have some bigger creatures, you can choose how to kind of block and if you're swinging in with another creature a small one you can bash that into the big one it's mm. blocked there and then all the small ones get eaten up by iran he gets bigger and bigger and bigger kind of a way to do like a one-sided ish board wipe yeah yeah i mean that's that's all right um you know i kind of wonder though even though this is so much voltroni are you gonna run like tokens and and try to get stuff so that way you can do this? Because I would just a I, lot of my Voltron decks, I only have like eight creatures. Eight creatures, I think so. Because I don't think he's strong enough quite on his own. I think you're gonna want a pretty good creature package. Um, and if you want to build this deck and actually make it work well, instead of Eron, you just put in Nyeth of the Dire Hunt, which is the fight commander, two colorless green green for a three three human warrior. When one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, draw a card. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay two colorless and a green. If you do double target creatures power on the turn, it must be blocked this combat if able. So this is another way to pump him up in the 99, or if you don't want to punish yourself, 999, if you don't want to punish yourself with this stupid Legends build that's not on the reserved list, just build it this way. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, actually, I think they're completely different builds because fighting... You think so? Yeah, because like for the the that Nyeth deck, you have to have a lot of fight stuff in there. Fighting, I don't sure. imagine you're doing any fighting in this deck. Um, so I, I, I look at this deck actually, Tuck, more of how I would build my Commander Esha deck to where he kind of has pseudo protection because he constantly gets bigger as people block. Oh, sure. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be more aura equipment based. The creatures are more going to try to like tap down my opponent's stuff or kind of almost pseudo mm. stacks them. Like, so that way it's a little dictate, slower. Dictate but, yeah. the flow of combat a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe it could be it could be a budget deck. Could be. Could be. Uh, and with that. <laughs> It looks like the Cyclone has left the building, kicking it back to the Action 4 News Desk. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember, retweet, subscribe, follow, like, share, and make sure you head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and buy any of our awesome swag that we have out there. Uh, but if you would like to support us monthly and you like the content we're putting and some of the new content, uh, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have tiers for all the budgets so the way that you, the collective, can help. Uh, you can stay in touch with your team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, or our website, cmdtower.com. If you want to get a hold of us directly, just reach out at cmdtower, at Mr. 5 all spelled out except for the five, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and... I'm Batman. <laughs>